2: Deuce
3: and Moe, Deuce and Moe, The Podcast that you know Hey welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast recording this on a sunny afternoon in Sacramento. The darkness is rolling in as the King season has come to an end in Game 7 to the defending champion Golden State Warriors. A sold-out crowd at G1C hoping, just hoping that the Kings could close the door today and advance to the second round. But the Warriors had a different plan. They played some awesome basketball, especially in the second half. Gavon Looney stud. Steph Curry with one of the most epic Game 7 performances in playoff history with 50 points. And the Kings season comes to an end with a 120-100 loss to the Golden State Warriors. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan.
4: How you doing?
1: I am as, as, I I don't know. (laughs) know. (laughs) Like, it's so funny because like, I keep telling Deuce, like, I'm good. And I, I really am. I am good. Like, um, perspective on everything in this season and how fun was it to watch just such amazing basketball, not only through the regular season, but then you look at this playoff series for the most part, it's been really good basketball. Um, it is funny how there, this different level of basketball makes you feel different, especially when you cover a team, you root for a team, and then it just comes to an abrupt stop, and you're like, well, holy shit, that's done.
3: Yeah, it's weird not knowing when it's going to end. Yeah. Right? Like, you're heading to the arena today with a possibility of going, okay, uh, we could be getting ready for podcast, talking Kings-Lakers literally tomorrow with mm-hmm. the game on Tuesday, then probably going to L.A. this weekend. Ugh. Or the season's over, and ultimately the season came to an end. So we're today, of course, going to talk about what went down in Game 7 between the Kings and the Warriors, and we'll take a look at the series as a whole. And then we'll, we'll we'll do some reflecting today, right? Because I think the biggest thing today, and we've said it all series long, is... You can be disappointed. Be disappointed today. Feel today. Be upset at guys who did not perform at the levels that you wanted them to perform at. But I think when you do take a step back, look at the big picture, you go, this thing is headed in the right direction. There's so much good from this year. And this is just the beginning. And I mean, that, that's kind of how my perspective is today where I, yeah, I'm bummed. I'm beyond bummed. You know, I felt like the Kings were good enough to win this series, but it's also acknowledging that these type of moments are part of the process too.
1: Totally.
3: And we knew going into this series that this was going to be the challenge of all challenges and that lessons would be learned win or lose. And there are plenty of lessons to learn.
1: And it's. How great that the lessons that are being learned are like, um, high-quality lessons, I guess you could say. You know, you're not having to learn them against the Minnesota Timberwolves who have their own type of dysfunction on the floor. But it's a Golden State Warriors team who have their own dysfunction off the floor, but on the floor can make beautiful magic happen, um, especially when their backs are against the wall. And we saw that the Kings were capable of doing the same thing in Game 6, forcing a Game 7. But man, the defending champs, Mm. they just... They just came out strong in that second half.
3: And I, I thought after game six, I was so curious, just, okay, what kind of Warriors team are we going to see? And someone actually sent me a tweet of something I said before the series that to me is pretty eerie to read. And I forgot I said it. I said before the series, I don't want to face the Warriors because even if you take them to seven games on your home floor, Steph can go nuclear and drop 50. Steph Curry dropped 50 points in Sacramento. The most points ever scored in a game seven. He had 50 points, eight, excuse me, eight rebounds, six assists on 20 of 38 shooting tonight.
1: Like, why did you got to put that in the universe, huh?
3: You know, (laughs) I have respect for, I, I have respect for these guys, you know, and I, 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 we've seen what they could do and it's wild that we were even having conversations with people, um, a colleagues yesterday about this game talking about it and it's like you know what those Steph's liable to have some monster game and he could lead them obviously he was a huge reason they won today but there are so many other factors that went into this game seven one
1: and think about how we went into these last two games game six and game seven we you and i talked about it a lot especially in our preview shows we we talked about how hey this warriors team not a lot of time to bounce back What are they going to look like are they going to look like Is Steph Curry going to look older? Is he going to look like the guy that has lots of mileage and is tired because Davion Mitchell and whoever else is tiring him out? Or is he going to look like the Steph Curry that we've all have witnessed at such a freakish, cheat code-like level? And unfortunately for the Sacramento Kings, he was that today at Golden One Center.
3: The difference in today's game was that the Warriors dictated the pace. Yes, it they is did. striking to look at the end of this game and see that fast break points in this game. Uh huh. Two nothing, Sacramento, the Kings one of six on fast breaks. That's not many. And th- th- what what was the reason be- for this? That third quarter changed everything. Yep. And we can talk about Steph, and we will. But Kevon Looney in this series. Dude, unsung hero dominant I mean he was their the second most important player because yep. it's not only what he did rebounding not only what he did with the second chance opportunities it's how he battled Sabonis dude we had never seen Sabonis look like this and Sabonis had much better numbers but everything seemed much more difficult and Looney deserves so much credit for what he did in this series against the Sacramento Kings. They don't win this series without him. No,
1: he 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 altered the Kings' offense in so many different ways. He stuck to his game plan, you know. Um, he stayed very physical out there. And I think at times, of course, you can look at possessions and be like, well, is that over the back? Is that? that It doesn't, it doesn't matter. He played it with just, physicality. Exa- and he set the tone and said, This is how I'm going to play. You call it if you want to call it. Um, and that's what he did. And I think when you look at that third quarter too, and not just him, but from all the offensive rebounds, but then from all the rebounding from Looney throughout the series. And then in this game, we talk about this game specifically and why the pace was dictated by the Warriors, because when you're not finishing off Mm. a defensive possession with that rebound, you ain't going the other way. You ain't pushing the ball and going downhill. And that's exactly what happened with the Sacramento Kings in that third quarter.
3: Morgan, if you allow, 13 offensive Ugh. rebounds in a game
1: deflating
3: that hurts right in a it game. hurts they the warriors had 13 offensive rebounds in the third quarter
1: crushing you guys this, like it mentally the life. it yes. sucked the
3: life out of them it absolutely sucked the life out of the kings looney had seven offensive rebounds alone in that third quarter he ends up finishing the game with 21 rebounds and that was a theme for him and it's wild he was pretty ineffective last game not as effective and the kings won that game and it's a huge credit to him for playing physical for having a knack this guy is completely underrated to me and he has been for years and you saw him go up against sabonis who will likely be named to the all nba team who was the rebounding leader in the NBA and he got the absolute best out of Sabonis in this series. Yeah. I mean he 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 controlled he controlled the glass. He played physical. He made life so difficult. So Draymond Green but Looney was just special.
1: Yeah, I I I truly his presence in the paint was felt on such a different level and this Warriors team I don't think got enough credit uh toward the end of the season with where they were defensively you know all season long like this team can't really play defense oh yeah gp2 oh he's injured like what are they going to be well they started creating so much more together right and that was even without andrew wiggins at this time yeah then they get to the postseason you shove andrew wiggins in there their defense continued on that right path except not those first two games the kings like showed them what they can do differently with that high level offense um but a smart championship caliber team like the warriors made mm. their adjustments did what they needed to do and pushed right back to the sacramento kings just great i would say like fun good coaching from both squad like adjustment wise from both teams both coaches
3: well the smartest thing steve kerr did today was put draymond green back in the starting correct lineup. he had to and when you are in a game seven situation you need to get stops you need to slow things down it, need, it has to be physical you need to play Draymond. And he played him, and Poole only played 19, man. Poole's been ineffective. He's been dealing with an ankle thing. And that was a great adjustment by Steve Kerr. And I think the Kings had their chances. The first half, man, they, they look, the Kings had to have felt good at halftime. Yeah. It was a close game. They're shooting all right. TD came in, and Lyles, they gave him a spark. And you're like, oh, this is similar to maybe last game a little bit where the Kings bench is stepping up in a big way. But ultimately, hmm. it... The shots, just that third quarter, Golden State comes out and the execution by them, even though they're missing shots. And I feel like that was the story of this series. The team who was able to control the glass, especially second chance points, offensive rebounds, and took care of the ball, they controlled the possession game. They won the games because this was... Both teams who were very good offensive teams didn't did not shoot the ball well at all in no. this series. It, no. They did not. So it was about the little things, the little things mattered most and the warriors did the little things far better than the Sacramento Kings. And that's the difference in this, in this game.
1: It was a huge difference in this game and in the the, series. It, well, in this series, but then in this game specifically yeah. though, you saw a lot of those, a lot more of those moments, right? Um, when the Kings were making mistakes The Warriors were the team that was capitalizing on those mistakes, and it wasn't going back around the other way. Uh, Look at the free throws even. I mean, the Kings ended up shooting a little under 60% from the free throw line, 16 of 27. It just Warriors were
3: 19 of 30. And the
1: Warriors were missing theirs too, but I was my whole point was who was going to capitalize even yeah. on those mistakes and make sure that you're scoring buckets if you're not getting the the nice easy free throws. Uh Warriors just kept kept pushing and their effort was there on both ends of the floor and then when they felt it and they just felt hot, they just did not stop.
3: Yeah. That third quarter, just just I was really drained. back-breaking. I really. was... Well, and, and that's the thing. You, you're trying to defend. And, and what, what the Kings are doing so well in game six was, even off makes, they were pushing. And it was like, okay, boom, they're trying to beat him back. Well, tonight, when you can't get a rebound, Mm-mm. whether it's a lucky bounce or just sure-fire will from the Golden State Warriors physicality, that uh, that change the game completely because it prevents the kings from getting out and running but in addition to that it allows the warriors to take their time Mm -hmm. and slow that pace down and they were it's weird to think that the warriors were slowing the game down against sacramento because they're kind of known for getting up and down but they knew they could not do that against this team so the key for them was controlling the glass and they did that and then of course curry gets absolute going in that game and you're just like wow he just he just dropped 50 points uh there's so many different angles to hit I think one thing that I've seen from a lot of fans on social media and I wondered myself Davion Mitchell played eight minutes Mm -hmm. in this game and he played 11 minutes in game six so kind of similar Brown rolled more with TD on him and I thought TD did some nice things in game six of course just with his energy he was physical and I even thought tonight he, he tried his best, but I was surprised by when Seth really got going that Davion did not get another look. And I feel like part of it, he felt like Davis was going to – they had a better shot with Davis being able to knock down some some shots. Feeling good, yeah. A little, he's got a little more size on Curry, but I, I just – we saw so many good things from Davion in I'm this series you. that playing him eight minutes – I felt I would have put him back in. Just trust him yeah. a little bit more.
1: I mean look, Make him work a little bit more look what Brown did in that game six. You know, and I know Davion didn't play much, but he took risks and he any allowed longer leashes and trusted different guys. And I feel like he was trying to to mirror what he did in game six right. instead of make the the right adjustments, which would have been um putting your dog Davion Mitchell on Steph Curry, the guy that has tired the hell out of Steph. You know, I don't think anything was going to tire Steph tonight, but that that was the frustrating part. The way that he was getting to the basket was mm-hmm. the frustrating part. Like when he knocks down the crazy threes, you're just like, holy shit, what is happening? He had
3: so many. So many. I, and his his ability. Jason Ross was talking to me about this after the game a little bit and because I was just, we were just remark- looking at how great Steph was. And he's like, you know, the three-point shooting is obviously special, but his ability to finish, it's just... Finger roll, But the Kings made it a lot easier when it's like you're giving up middle and there's no resistance at the basket. No. You know, and that's... How many times have we seen that? I mean, game six, the Kings did such a good job at controlling the paint. They were so much more effective. Uh, The Warriors tonight outscored Sacramento 42-36 in the paint on 21 of 36 in the paint. But, yeah, I... I I was really surprised he didn't go back with Davion Mitchell, and I don't know if he felt like the game was out of hand at that point. I think he could have gone back to him earlier and tried to get him to work a little bit. Frustrate Steph a little bit, forcing him into a couple of misses.
1: You know, I think it's always interesting when you're watching Steph Curry just on TV, and then when you're watching him take on a team you cover. And I'll see him pull, if you want to call them antics or whatever, And he'll like flop or come around and act like he got hit, whatever he does. And he'll get that call. And whenever I'm watching it on TV, I'm always like veteran move veteran, Yeah. Good job. Veteran move. And then seeing it against the Kings, it was a little bit more like that is soft. That is soft. There is no (laughs) physical play happening right there. What is going on? But truly circling back to that, it's just, he knows how to sell and manipulate some of these situations in these calls. And I'm not, I'm not like bagging on it. If anything, like it's, it's the reputation reputation he has set for himself. So like, again, setting a tone, like this is what I do. So if anyone touches me, they're definitely fouling me guys. And so, um, he's really good at getting those calls as well. And you know, whether some of them are fouls or not, it doesn't matter. He's mastered how to get those done
3: just an epic performance by Steph. Amazing. Special. 50 points. He was 7 of 18 from 3, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Big time stuff from a big time player and they needed all of that tonight. They needed Steph to do what he did. Yeah. So yeah, I was surprised that Davion only played 8 minutes. I felt like that's the move and you know, I know some people are going, "Well, why why play Terrence Davis? You haven't played him and now you're going to play him late in a playoff series?" He went to him in game six and was productive. In the start, game seven, he comes out and knocks down a few threes. You're oh. going, okay, he's going to have an impact here. But, yeah, it's – Davion Mitchell is such a good on-ball defender and he made Steph work when they matched up in this series. I would have liked to see him more, especially in the deciding game. Game seven, like, put him in and see what he can do. Um, something else I was going to ask you about we you talked about like that third quarter just sucking the life out of Sacramento because of Golden State's ability to just absolutely control the glass. We mentioned the offensive rebounds in the quarter is 13 offensive rebounds. The Warriors in the third quarter though, out-rebounded Sacramento 22 to 9. 22 to 9. Looney had 10 boards in the third quarter, 10 of his 21. Huge but effort moment. I felt like even when the Kings did try to get something. They they were missing so many shots. Yeah. And I felt like, do you felt, did you feel like the pressure started to get to them in that third quarter that it was like, Oh, we're feeling it right now. We're playing a little desperate. One, they started missing a shit ton of shots.
1: You're experiencing the deflating, Mm. you know, side of things when it comes to them getting those offensive rebounds Two, then you're starting to feel the desperation and the pressure of knowing, Oh God, is this Warriors team going on a big run? We don't have a lot of time to get things going. And I think maybe that pressure and the desperation clicks a little bit with them mentally and it alters the way that they go into a shot. They alter the way that they run their offense a little bit. um, not as confident. Maybe it's, it's just like I was talking actually to uh, Mark Spears a little bit before the game about, the pressure and maybe like what the Kings might feel today. And he was like, you know, remember how they played against Minnesota when they're trying to clinch the playoffs on their home floor. And it looked like they're playing with a little something extra on their, on their shoulders. Like, like, Oh, we want this so bad. Like, what else do we need to do? Oh God, we're getting down. What else do we need to do? I felt that a little bit there in that third quarter, but the Warriors did a good job of doing that to the Sacramento Kings. The Kings weren't like this moment. is too big for us.
3: Look at some of the numbers. Fox had a rough game. He couldn't get anything going. 16 points, 5 of 19 shooting. He had 6 assists, but had 5 turnovers. And he was so good in game 6. He didn't have it today. And I give the guy so much credit. I think the most encouraging thing, if you're a Kings fan, is that this guy took a step in the playoffs. Yeah, He fractured his index finger in his shooting hand and he played through it he played through it it was going to be a problem it was going to be a problem whether they won or lost advanced it was going to be something that definitely was going to alter his game throughout a playoff run but dude the guy battled the guy battled and i think that's that's the the most exciting thing about this team going forward i feel like this team's tough i feel like you know Sabonis playing through injury this year keegan fox guys were banged up and they fought through it you know they competed this season at a high, high level. And now the next step is the hardest step to make. You win 48 games this year. There's expectations going into next year, right? You're not surprising people next year. There's tape on how the Warriors handled Sabonis in this series and took away the dribble handoff game that was so effective for Sacramento throughout the season with him and uh, Herter and him and Keegan. They're going to see all this and they're going to have game plans against Sacramento and Sabonis is still, uh, he's still a stud and all that. But now the team as a whole to take that next step, it's harder. You have to work even harder as a player, as an individual, as a coaching staff to get to that next level.
1: And I think about it from these individuals. When you look back at some of this tape and you go, what, Could have I done better? Is it the conditioning? Is it I need to make my shot better so then when they are playing that drop coverage and playing off me, I'm still a threat, right? So then they don't alter my entire game. It's, you know, and I really specifically talking about in that moment, um, Domas bonus you know, you saw a little bit more of him being willing and wanting to hit that, knock down that mid-range shot, and that's something hopefully he can keep adding to his game so if teams are going to drop off him and try to alter their offense. And I think for De'Aaron Fox, you know, it, I mean, he was so good this whole season, but I would say for him, like, how do you just even make your shooting more and more of a threat? I think that finger came into play a little bit here at the end in this playoff series. But, yeah, I would say, like, for him, he just has such a bright future.
3: Well, speaking of De'Aaron Fox, here's what he had to say about this playoff series for the Sacramento Kings. Reflect on on what the season is, has been. Um, but, but but can you talk about just kind of what the the strides you, you guys have made, what that means to you personally and and the, the team as a whole?
5: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a building block. Um, obviously, being able to play a team like this who – you know, we all have tremendous respect for, um, who've been there, done that. This is definitely just something that you build on. Um, I mean, we had a good season. You know, we were the third seed. We we're stayed relatively healthy. Um, I think playing against this team in the in the first round was a blessing and a curse. You know, you could learn a lot. Um, you know, you're not the favorite to win. You know, we we fought every game, um, but they did what champions do. And for us, I feel like a lot of the guys, you know, whoever's back next year. Obviously, we still relative, relatively have a younger have a younger team. Um, I feel like we learned a lot this series, and uh, like I said, that's why that's why this was a blessing and a curse to play against this team in the first round. But no, nah, I mean, we, uh, like I said, we learned a lot, and you just try to build off of that. Obviously, this is a lot of our first times in a postseason. Um, you know, you got a taste of it. You got to feel what it was like to play against one a team who's a championship contender just about year in a year out. Um, and you, you you take that and you build off of it.
3: It's a good perspective. It's good perspective to have. Yeah, it's yeah. a what he said was matching up with the Warriors is a blessing in the first round is a blessing and, and a, curse. a curse. I mean, it's like that's you,
1: exactly how we felt about it going into yeah. it.
3: Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough, and you know. Fox is going to be thinking about what he could have done better. Sabonis, Herter, who was just so ineffective in this series. Like, I know. just couldn't make a shot. I know. HB like, really didn't play at all the last couple of games, played Mm-mm. 13 minutes in this game. He was really ineffective. So when you take a step back and look at the series, you go, HB ineffective. Sabonis not to the level that he needs to be. As one of the key guys. Order sure. ineffective. Fox is great. I thought Keegan showed flashes last couple of games. I thought Davion was, to start the series, fantastic. And, He's you know, it? that's I, I feel like that's got to... When Mike Brown looks back at this series, especially this game, I think not playing Davion is going to eat at him a little bit. It, it should, I, at least I think it should. Because Davion showed so many good things against Steph that we were all going... He's making him work. Oh, Steph can still get his. There were so many of those moments. And today when Steph is starting to get going and cooking you, you kind of stuck with TD. And it's not even disrespect to TD. Not at all. Davion and TD goes out there. He works hard. But Davion's on ball defense. It, is a huge strength.
1: It's elite. It is. It's so special. And um, we've seen it consistently special throughout this season and throughout this series, you know, so what was it that Mike Brown really want? You know, he could talk about offense and just rolling yeah. with his guy that he trusted, but man, Davion Mitchell, he just, I feel bad for Davion too. Cause I just think about a guy that probably is like sitting here today going, I could have stopped him. if I was out there longer, I could have done more. And if he just had a longer leash, um, what he could accomplish out there. And he can't, he can't beat himself up for that because you can only control what you can control in your minutes that you are playing. And so, yeah, I, I think Mike Brown will look back at that too.
3: Uh, let's hear what Steve Kerr had to say about the Kings after this game.
5: <laughs> uh, before I take questions, I want to say congrats to, uh, Sacramento
4: to, to Mike and his staff and his team. They were incredible. Um, had an amazing season and, uh, this was a uh,
3: a a fantastic series. I mean, uh, just great basketball for 7 games. Um they've had uh frankly a, a much better season than we have. We've been kind of up and down all year as you know, and they put together a a, a whole season where they just became a contender and um the the young talent, the coaching, um it's just, it was impressive to watch and really difficult to play against. So uh, congrats to the to the Kings. Um. Oh, that was nice.
1: Hey, thanks, Steve, I guess. Well, Thank you.
3: Got... feels kind of petty, though. You know, you know, it's like... Don't you feel like it's not real? You're like, yeah. The John, one time, time
1: I don't great. like Steve hey. Kerr, hey. I'm like,
3: ugh. I, when Steph Curry made that shot and then looked at the crowd and said, light the beam, I just like.
4: Yeah, why do you
3: punch down why do you punch down man
1: oh my god yeah no it was funny yeah. i really like i really disliked him today um, just like in a- <laughs> it's a sports thing we respect totally- stuff but you're just like it's over the
3: years we <sighs> we haven't had to watch him go up against the kings of the playoffs because the kings haven't been there so no. when you're watching at home and you're watching in a
1: game seven
3: crush a different team you're like
1: oh this is epic
3: and then you're like watching it tonight and you're, oh. you're just going Really? how are you making that
1: shot man i thought you weren't gonna do this tonight (sighs) yeah no it Uh, was it wasn't it's not as it's not as beautiful and special when it's uh, against a team that you're definitely rooting for but you see it it i think the most interesting angle of it though is seeing how dominant and unstoppable he is and and that's why going back to davion it's like why not throw everything yeah. at him? I know. And that one's crushing my heart a little bit right just,
3: now. We, we've seen the highlights early in the series. Fans are giving the guy a standing ovation for just staying in front of staff. And to see him do what he did, when you have that guy. And again, Steph was these, the great players get theirs no matter what. Yeah. But the key, as every, every coach would say, is you got to make guys work.
1: The adjustments that Steve Kerr and his coaching staff made to the Kings small ball in game six, wonderful job. I mean, not only starting Draymond and just like, I think everyone kind of knew that that's probably the direction that they were going to go anyway. But either way, it just, they kind of went back to what they know and how they're used to winning games. And they played their game and the Kings were not able to take them out of their game.
5: Man.
3: And you look at some of the the numbers in this playoff series for the Sacramento Kings. We talked about guys kind of playing below. Uh, the Kings, as a whole, in this series, end up shooting, wow, thirty point six percent from three in the playoffs. Wow, um, really? their field goal percentage forty, just under forty three percent. You know that that that's fifteen out of sixteen teams in both of those categories. Just. Mm-hmm. Crazy to see that. And then you start going from an individual's number. De'Aaron Fox finishes this series 27 points a game, 42% shooting. Uh, Monk was the King's second leading scorer at 19 points a game. Sabonis, 16.4 points, 11 rebounds, but just 4.7 assists. This is a guy that was 60% plus field goal percentage during the regular season. Shot under 50% in this series.
1: Why don't you uh, give us all that. 98, 99. I was getting there. I just want to
3: go over a couple others. Harrison Barnes in this series, 10 points a game, 41%, 24% from three. Kevin Herter, nine points, 34% shooting, 20% from three.
1: No, no, no. That hurts. Hurts
3: those are your your key guys. And yeah, and Morgan was bringing this up because the other day, I think I was feeling I was feeling Game 5 a little bit after the Kings lost at home and I was like, I need to go back and look at the Kings first time in the playoffs in that 98-99 season because there's a little bit of a correlation here. So 98-99 the Kings were in the playoffs for the first time. This is with Chris Weber, Jay Will Vladdy, that that first season with that group. And their first round matchup was a five-game series against the Utah Jazz, who Obviously, a team that had finals experience, the West defending Western Conference champions, Malone, Stockton. Obviously, a highly regarded team that had a ton of playoff experience. The Kings took them to five games in that series in the best of five. The Kings took the Warriors to seven in this series in a best of seven. The Kings' leading scorer that series was Vlade Divac at 16 points a game. Chris Weber in that series, his first playoff series with the Sacramento Kings, averaged 14.8 points, 9.4 rebounds, 4 assists on 38% shooting. And this is coming off a year in which he averaged 20 and 13 in the regular season for the Kings. It's just interesting to look back at the, the first go around. Jason Williams, you know, we all love Jay Will. Oh, so Jay Will. Will was a rookie that year, but Jay Will in that series averaged 10 points on 35% shooting, 31% from three. It was the first real experience for that group, and you had to go through it. They battled the Jazz. They still had a chance. They forced a game five in it, and it was close. But you have to learn from the experience. And just like Chris Webber had to look in the mirror that offseason and feel the pain of losing a first-round series and and failing to play at the level he thought he needed to play or not meet the expectations of the fans and, yeah. and his team, he had to get better. And he had to perform better down the stretch. And you had to have more disappointment. The Kings, they got eliminated the first round the next year. It took them time to get there. And so I guess my big point today is, you know, we, we can all be upset, as I said, at the start. Duh. Dude, it sucks. I don't want to lose ever. This I want to keep playing basketball games, playoff games. For the ones who
0: work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com, or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: But I'm not making some bold proclamation that Herder sucks now or Sabonis this. Like, no, if this was their second, third year in the playoffs and they were still performing at this, I'd be like, yeah, there's serious reason for concern. But the first time with this group against a championship level team. They've got some things to get better at. And this is going to be a wake up call for those guys. Like, if I'm Sabonis, I I need to be an elite mid range shooter. Those teams that you're going to play off me, I'm not only shooting it with confidence, I'm making it. Yeah. You're going to have to come out and defend me. Like, there's no reason why he should not be able to knock down a 17-footer on a consistent basis next year if people are dropping off and defending him like that. I,
1: that That's one thing, but I also... I'm uh,
3: sorry, I just went all over the place. Yes, you do. Do you want to go back to my point about the Jazz-Warriors I will. correlation? I, well,
1: because I am. Um, the Warriors taking on the Celtics last year in the finals, and I think one of our biggest angles was what's Jason Tatum going to learn from this? Mm -hmm. What is he going to take from this? What is he going to change about his game? And I think our main thing was like, it's got to be conditioning. It's got to be conditioning. Now you're obviously seeing the Celtics with their very strange start to to the year and going on to whatever. But my whole point is, it's like when you're taking on, playing against the Warriors in the postseason, there's so many things that you can learn and take from playing this championship caliber team and i look at this king squad and what they accomplished in their first postseason together and it was incredible it was great and it could have been better they could have won game seven (laughs) they could have moved on but for what it was it was great no moral victory bullshit i don't i don't not doing any of that i just think you really have to be realistic about it. And I thought I was being realistic about this team in the beginning of the season saying they'll be in the play in conversation. They're not going to make the playoffs. I truly thought that was realistic because what type of team takes this sort of leap when brand new head coach comes in. You're not adding these superstar names like a Kevin Durant or a LeBron James. You're just assuming that De'Aaron Fox in his sixth season yeah. is going to all of a sudden be able to carry a team and Domas, it's all just going to (laughs) work. That's what happened. And so now expectations are completely going to be changed and be so much higher for the next season. So what can these guys learn from what they did not produce in this postseason and take that on into their off season and get better and better.
3: Do you want to hear, what Draymond Green had to say
1: today? Let's see. Uh, Draymond
3: Green uh, talking about De'Aaron Fox. Had a
0: nice smack talk going throughout this entire series. And after the game, you guys had a nice moment together. If you don't mind sharing what you said to him in that moment.
4: Uh, I just pay my respect. You know, um, I've been in a lot of playoff series against a lot of different guys. And if I'm honest, you leave most with less respect for a lot of guys. Um you know, whether it's, you know, how they act in the moment, how they step up to the pressure. I've lost a lot of respect for guys over the years in the playoffs. And then there are some that you gain respect for. There are some that you, you know, you see and you, you know they're cut from that same cloth you feel like you're cut from. And Fox is one of those guys. Um, and so I just paid my respect, man. Um, you know, hard fought battle obviously he's on the wrong end of it we've been there before like i've been um to a game seven and lost in the first round that was my second year in the league we did that against the uh, clippers and it's a part of it you know you have to go through that to ultimately reach where you want to go and so uh, i was really just showing my love and respect for him as a competitor Uh, i was honored to compete against him today wow
3: that's nice stuff from uh Draymond, on and uh, he had more to say about the sacramento kings
4: but you got to give those guys a lot of credit um starting with the head of the snake mike brown uh to come to an organization that hasn't seen the playoffs in 16 years and put the team together or bring the team together the way he did uh is absolutely incredible so you give mike brown credit uh DeAaron fox being the head of the snake from a player perspective um Led his guys, uh, tough, tough player. Um, you know, one of the one of the futures of this league, and you know, this won't be the last we see of Fox. This won't be the last we see of the Kings. Um, you know, they're headed in the right direction, and you got to give them a lot of credit. So it was. Uh, I'm honored to have played in that series, uh, to play in this hostile environment. The fans were incredible. Um, you know, as I continue to. Um, progress in my career you appreciate these moments you know you appreciate fan bases like this loud before the game loud when the game start loud after the game you have a strong appreciation for environments like this so i'm very thankful to have played in this series it was a um it was a fun one for us
3: your thoughts on what draymond green had to say there
1: or someone else said it oh <laughs> 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 uh, no you know i like. It is funny because my feelings toward Draymond as a player are very, like, I just, I'm very frustrated with him a lot. I'm annoyed with him a lot, even when he's not playing the Sacramento Kings. Um, And there's times that people tell me that, hey, it's what motivates this team. It's what leads this Warrior squad. And, you know, I, I take it for what it is. I still, as a basketball purist or someone who loves and enjoys and consumes the game I get annoyed but what he has to say um about Sacramento as a whole the organization the fans and everything um respect that was cool
3: look Draymond Green before the season was making jokes about Sacramento on the shop on HBO okay eight months later he's showing respect. The Kings have not been respected in this league in a long time. The Kings got respect in this series with how they played, how they brought it and how they competed against the defending champion warriors, a team that is regarded as one of the best organizations we have seen in the last, you know, whatever, 10 to 12 years. Right. So to have that respect is big time. And I'm sure part of it is also Draymond, you know, he's, Maybe I'll go there in the future and play with Fox in a, my
5: friend, no, the Warriors don't want you. Oh, i
3: take him. i take him. What? We, we could say we're not, we're not doing oh, off season stuff yet. Okay. Not. We are going to have so many podcasts over the off season. It's going to be insane. We have a lot of coverage. We got draft coverage, trade coverage, any breaking news, free agency. There's a lot to go over. Yeah, but no, I, I thought it was, it's cool. And, and De'Aaron Fox, I think got a lot of people's attention with how he played in this postseason. you know, and he showed up in a big way.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did, and um, it's too bad that that injury had to
3: I come know. along,
1: It, and, and, and I don't think, I think it didn't, like, totally screw him over, screw the team over, but you just, you just wanted him to be just, like, banged up, and, and, healthy right where this was more like wow on his shooting hand on his strong hand his hand that like it's a bummer where a lot of his game has to do with his ball handling yeah it's no no it's it's a bummer but obviously even before that was just crushing it being clutch um on the biggest stage showing the nba what he's about that people couldn't stop him and so yeah hopefully though he is um He finds ways to continue this type of play, especially if teams are watching film all year long and going, okay, this is what we need to do. Okay, throw this double at him. Okay, blitz, whatever it is. Um, He better be ready to take his game to the next level.
3: How does Sabonis reflect on this series and look at what he has to do better? It, how much would it help just the mid-range shot? Just that alone?
1: That alone. Because, you know, there's what's wild. If you look at some other things that Sabonis was still doing in this series, like, you'd go, oh, he did he did well. He played well. Like, if you just looked at some of the numbers, would be like, he did fine. But we know how dominant he was in the regular season, and he wasn't that same type of dominance. And so... I think he wasn't that same type of dominant because the Warriors did such a great job game planning on how they were going to defend him. And a lot of that goes to that drop coverage on him and playing off of him, which didn't allow him to create for others. And that's such a big part of his game. That two man game. When someone's up on him and his other guys playing with him, boom, boom, passing the ball back and forth, setting that screen, dribble handoff, whatever it may be. But with this, you're exactly right. Deuce. It needs to be that mid range shot um developing he needs to show he can be at th- i don't need i don't need him shooting a whole bunch of threes i don't need i don't need him to become that huge modern day big in the NBA where it's like wow he's knocking down threes now great that's great if he can stretch the floor even just at that high post and be a threat with his shot from right there like you're creating so much so many less people in the paint which allows someone like De'Aaron Fox to just go downhill or someone else to get into the paint and dish out
3: I think the other thing too is like Looney obviously plays with physicality but one of the the biggest issues with Sabonis that will never change is He's not long, right? Like, he's a 6'11 yeah. wingspan guy. And he's not he's, a
1: true rim protector. No,
3: he doesn't have the length to protect the rim. And Kavon Looney has a seven four wingspan. Yeah. He's longer. And he plays with physicality. And so, Looney just absolutely destroyed him on the glass. I mean, look, Looney had 21 rebounds today. He had 10 offensive rebounds. Sabonis had 8 total rebounds in the game. It's just different, man. Playoffs are different. This is where we talked about going into the series. Certain guys got exposed. Get exposed, and what we see is people attack your weaknesses. They find different ways to take you out of the game. The two guys we said before the season that would get before the series that could get targeted a lot, Herder and Sabonis. I thought it was going to be more defensively. It ended up being that they were able to stop what they had offensively too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the more surprising things too.
3: Um. What do you think of Keegan Murray's last couple of games?
1: Um, what a bright future for that young stud! Yeah, I'm excited for you him. You seem
3: down right now. Are you okay? Are you? Are you Am feeling I it down? Right? You seem kind of down right now. Really? Yeah.
1: No, I. I'm. You're feeling it. Oh, dude, I've been feeling, but <laughs> I. I still like. I feel happy. Yeah. I feel happy, but I got like, I, I felt um, like I was like a young morgan again watching this old king's Mm -hmm. team where Mm -hmm. i was like feeling um personal connections to like when someone was getting fouled i wanted to go out there and kill them you know like all those little things that pop into your mind as a kid (laughs) those pop into your mind as a kid um but no and then like the deuce we've been on this like car that has just been going full speed I mean with all the people we've been meeting and the relationships that we've made within this playoff series with um Warriors media and other people in the business and it's just been like it's been so fun and it is it it does kind of hit you like yeah, it yeah, just yeah. comes to a freaking end and it's like oh I just I will cherish this playoff series forever and not just because it was like oh it was the first time the kings broke the curse it was so fun from a professional standpoint from um on the floor what type of basketball we were experiencing and witnessing almost every single night except game three and i would say second half of game seven
3: yeah i mean it's it was a magical season. It was. It was definitely a magical season. We can talk more about that. Um, before we move on, we should mention and shout out our buddy Sean Stanfield over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Talk about a guy who's been with us for a long time, Morgan Reagan. Uh this guy was oops. Oh,
1: there we go. Derp.
3: This guy was a part of our podcast in the early days of Night Chat, back when the Kings were losing nine in a row, back when we had like forty people. Uh, watching us maybe 20-some nights because he believed in what we were trying to do and build in the community we were trying to build. And he's been there. So we appreciate his support all season long. If you're looking to buy a house, you're looking to refinance, he is your guy. He's got an awesome team over a guaranteed rate that can walk you through the process. Can I afford to buy a house? I don't know. Ask him. Can I refinance right now is this a good time it might be Uh, but here's what i can tell you sean will walk you through the process he's not just trying to get you in a house or refinance just to refinance he's going to make sure the process is great i've known him for over a decade he's probably pretty sad right now because his king's lost but you can hit him up this offseason 916-276-7563 916-276-7563 go to his website rate.com slash sean stanfield that's equal housing lender subject to credit approval nmls id number 349707 Company, Animalist, ID number 2611, AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends. at Guarantee Right. Guarantee
1: Right. Right. The Chuck curse?
3: I'm not buying that.
1: Okay. Dude, I feel bad too, you guys, because, again, one of my NBC teammates, she was sitting behind me, and there was a spot next to me where you just have a better view of the court. She came after the half, and I said, if the Kings start losing... <laughs> You're going to have to go back, you but you curses. you can't see from back yeah. there. They started losing, and she's like, should I really go back? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're fine. You're totally yeah. fine, Tristy. I love you so much. Get your ass back there. That's hilarious. Yeah, she didn't go back.
3: Appreciate all the people in the chat today. I know it's a very emotional chat, and I'm usually much more engaging with the chat, but it's a little hostile in there, and I, you know, I don't want to be suckered into something. So... Uh, for all you in there, appreciate you guys hanging out and venting, dude. Yeah, vent away. It's okay. I get it. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button too. Make sure you're subscribed. Shout out to Bra, Bra who donated 20 bucks saying, the amount of content you two put out this year was incredible. Dude, oh. thank you. I appreciate you supporting us so we can make this content. Shout out to Cole for donating two bucks saying, thank you, and Mo for being great every game for us. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Ben from Australia, one of the OJGs, appreciate you donating 14.99. You two have uh, taken all of our fan experiences to the next level this year. Thank you both so much for the most memorable King season. This team is set up for sustainable success. We'll be back. Shout out to Mr. Turtle for becoming a member. Um,
1: oh, you guys are amazing. Yeah. You, you guys are the like truly like we wouldn't be here without you. And this is what makes it so fun. Having the community that we've had throughout this season. I told you, I like, I don't have a lot of friends, mm-hmm. so it's been really nice to connect with a whole bunch of people um, through this platform.
3: Do you have any final thoughts on game seven?
1: Uh, final thoughts on game seven. Man. Well. Crowd was great. Crowd, crowd was great. Crowd man. was great. End of
3: the game, too. I, I, that's when I got me a little bit. Is Your when final thoughts? They, no, but I, oh. you were hesitating. Yeah. And sometimes when you hesitate, I go, okay, yeah. I'll take the ball and run something yeah. here. Um, the crowd <laughs> staying mostly, you know, not everybody, but a lot of them stayed and gave them a standing ovation. Like, here in Sacramento, chance when the Kings are down 20 because these fans want to show their appreciation. It was a cool moment.
1: Yeah, I thought the fans were great. Um, I think final thoughts from this game, too. I just really look at those offensive rebounds in that third quarter and what they did to me as just someone who was watching the game. Um, I can only imagine what it does to the players Uh, That they're playing against. So just an incredible job by the Warriors. But what an effort by the Sacramento Kings coming out really strong. I love to see it. And sometimes there's just going to be no way of stopping the cheat code. Steph Curry. Incredible performance that we witnessed again from that guy. But my God, when is it going to (laughs) end?
3: 50 points for Steph Curry tonight. Uh, Yeah. So my final thoughts. (laughs) It's. Um. I wanted to see the Kings win a Game Seven so bad. I know. You know. I want. They have not done that yet. And I think about all the pain growing up and watching the Kings lose Game Sevens three consecutive seasons, starting in '02 against the Kings and over or against the Lakers in overtime in the Conference Finals, to um, losing to the Dallas Mavericks when Weber goes down in Game Two. They lose the series in seven on the road. Then the next year when Weber's back, they take Minnesota to a Game Seven. At Target Center, KG was amazing, and they lost that series. So you're just like you wanted to get out of that, yeah, so bad, yeah, and, and win this game. I don't know; it's hard. It's hard to sum up everything with, with with what we saw tonight. It was. It was. I was so excited by how they played in the first half, and I thought this is going to go down the stretch and be an awesome game. That's what I. And that third quarter sucked uh, the life out of everything. I think everyone taking a step back on this series as a whole. This series caught the attention of a lot of people in the NBA, NBA media, where they go, oh, the Kings need to be on national TV more. The Kings are a draw. They're a fun team. They play an exciting style. This series, for two teams that are such good offensive teams, for these two teams not to shoot really well in this series and for the games to be this good, this series, as a, if you're a basketball fan, you walk away going, this series was epic, and the Kings have a bright future. I was sitting next to Tim Roy, who is... The Warriors' longtime radio announcer who's seen everything. He's got to start in Sacramento and he's been the Warriors' radio announcer. He wrote on a napkin and was just saying, This is just the beginning for you guys. Like, Aww, yeah, I mean, he's so good. Um, I think most people feel that way. And it's hard sometimes when you're in it. Like Kings fans are in the chat, Kings fans leaving the game or reflecting. There can be so many things you're talking about. Oh, they should have done this more. They should have done this. Oh, if Sabonis plays better. Yes, be frustrated. But I think. You you need to try in the coming days to have the perspective like, dude, this shit is headed in yep. the right direction. Yep. Do you have a coach that holds guys accountable, that's brought uh, a soul back to this organization? You've got roster moves you can make for sure, but you've got a core here that should be able to
1: build and be something special and, in the years to come. And just to add to that, though, too, Deuce, how fun was it to watch such a likable group of people This entire season. Yeah. Like that is just something I don't think we've experienced for quite some time now. There's always like, oh, that guy is annoying or that guy doesn't seem to click or whatever. Everybody seemed not only like they liked each other. um, I loved the shit out of this team and uh, the joy that they brought to me as a basketball fan. And obviously to this city, it was just so, so fun to experience. And you got to see a little bit more of that. Today, at Golden One Center, with just the way that, like you said, people were hanging around chanting Sacramento at the end of the game, giving them their standing O.
3: Well, what Draymond Green said, too, is like, you have to go through these things. He talked about losing a game seven in his second year in the league. You have to go through these things. And the great ones, the great ones, the people who want to be great, will look in the mirror and go, what can I do better next year? What do I need to do this offseason individually to become a better player a more consistent player. I think there are definitely guys with the Kings. I have to think about that. I am so excited to see what Keegan Murray looks like next year. Keegan Murray Morgan Showed flashes in this series where you go, there's something here in the future. You saw Malik Monk with a renaissance. Kevin Herter, I know he had a bad series this year. He was a really good pickup for the Sacramento Kings. Fox turned into an all-NBA player and now has people around the league going, this guy's a star. So bonus became an all-NBA player. There was so much good that came from this year that I think Kings fans will look back on and go, what a magical ride. We went into this season, Morgan Reagan, not thinking about playoffs, thinking, play in, right? Vegas thought they were going to win like 32 games. They won 48 games. 48 games. We saw a beam shot up into the sky after wins that somehow brought everything one together a simple thing you saw my fog machine think about the chemicals you inhaled over the last eight months during the season you saw a light-up jacket chemicals yeah we saw fun basketball back in sacramento again so i'm very excited about the future we saw morgan's vision board that she had made in july or august last year
1: those things came to fruition i gotta add some playoffs to my next vision board though next season so oh yeah (laughs) Ooh.
3: Um, so we are going to have podcasts this week, too. Uh, the Kings have their like exit interview day yeah. on uh, Monday, so we'll be at that, and maybe we'll do a podcast to wrap things up. We're going to do off-season podcasts uh, as well. Um, to wrap this up, I I think there's only one way to wrap this up. <laughs> and maybe this will end up going a little longer, but... We go to someone we haven't heard from in a while. Wow. Uh, Willard is here. Willard, we have not heard from you. How are you, man?
2: You son mo, Oh, boy, what? it's me, Willard the Orphan. Well, for those of you who don't know, I always get me uh, Kings games on tape delay, and I just got my VHS tape ready to watch Game 3 in San Francisco. Uh, We're up 2-0. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. <laughs>
1: Wait, Willard, are you, do you want us to tell y- mm. you what happens?
2: Oh. Am I be- how far am I behind?
1: You're you're about uh 5 games behind.
2: Oh no. Oh no. Yes, <laughs> it, it
3: did go 7.
2: It goes 7. Oh, oh boy. Well, I'm sure uh I'm sure we carry it home in the end, don't we Deucinmo? You want to tell him?
3: So, Willard, uh the Kings at halftime, at halftime, oh, yeah. the Kings, oh, yes, at halftime, the Kings were up too, 58-56. Sabonis oh. at the half, I think he had 16 points, five rebounds, four assists, and two blocks.
2: Well, I'm sure he kept up the
1: rebounding, and I'm sure we finished it out strong, didn't we? Why don't you just tell him what Steph Curry uh, finished with?
3: Uh, Steph Curry, you're familiar with him, right?
2: I've heard of the name.
3: <laughs> 50 points.
2: Oh, oh, goodness me. That's that's half the points in a game, sir. <laughs>
3: uh kevon looney um oh no <laughs> he had uh, 10 rebounds
2: oh in the third in the third quarter oh no <laughs> oh me! oh my goodness no me um, oh no yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
3: seven of those were offensive the-, the warriors had 13 offensive rebounds in the third quarter
2: oh i've got my hat in my hands so just just go ahead and tell me tell me like it is how much? How much did we end up winning by in the end?
3: <laughs> uh, um, Willard, mm. it was one twenty-one hundred.
2: Yes. All right.
3: The Warriors won.
2: Uh, well, well, Deuce and Moa. Yeah. We. You know me. I'm an all. I'm a British orphan living yeah. in the streets of Sacramento, as yeah. everyone knows, who's listening yeah. right now, yeah. and. You know, or perhaps, perhaps one way to look at it is like this. Well, maybe the championship wasn't out there. Maybe it was inside of our hearts all along, sir. Oh,
1: That honestly, it's Willard, that's a really yeah. sweet perspective. I like I that. Mean, after all,
2: look at us. Look at where we are. We're actually talking about this stuff this time of year, right? Oh my the God. Golden One Center is not covered in tumbleweeds and and cans (laughs) like it usually is this time of year no the people are out in the streets this is this isn't
1: bad
3: are you sure are you sure (laughs)
1: yeah i don't i think you're trying to sell yourself on that too I'll tell you what's bad is uh, when I heard it,
2: uh, Mr. Fox broke his finger, I cut off my finger and tried oh. to give it to him in the mail. Now, that was bad. That was a bad decision. I learned myself that I could not uh, <laughs> medically do that. So I'm down one finger. But, um, you
3: Are, know. Is it healing? Like, who, did you go yeah. to the doctor? Or how did you handle that?
2: Uh, it looks like a piece of pepperoni, sir. I <laughs> oh. don't know if that's a good or a bad thing.
1: Not a good. Willard, you've got to get to a doctor, bro. Got to get to a doctor.
2: Well, Deuce and Mo, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, everything, and um, I hope uh, I hope to see you back next year. I hope, I hope we uh, I hope we I hope we decide to play basketball again next year, sir.
3: We'll do it again next year, Willard. We'll miss you.
2: Can I get a heck yeah?
4: Oh, heck yeah!
3: <laughs> All right, Willard. Hopefully you survive. I, I hope he's with us next year. He, Tough life. He
1: was doing so well with his. Like we're champions in our hearts or something. Yeah. And then has to start talking about how the way he cut off his finger for De'Aaron Fox. Hope that never made it to his home. Yeah. <laughs> I love my life. Says Willard sounds like a good guy. Yeah. If we ever get to meet Willard. One day. One day.
3: One day. Um. Some final thoughts on this one and. Just thank you all you thanks to all you guys. It's been such a fun ride. Uh Morgan kind of summed it up well earlier. Just from someone who is born and raised in Sacramento to have this type of season. It was so magical and to feel this joy. We said throughout the year, just enjoy this moment because there's nothing like the come up and it will feel different next year. So I just am so grateful for all the experiences. I, I think about all the cool moments, all the new things, the Deepak Chain. Mm. That game against Cleveland when they finished on a 19-0 run. The Clippers win in lay in double overtime. Clinching a playoff spot, which took a bit. But then all the fans, hundreds and hundreds of people showing up at the airport to greet the team. That first game won against the Warriors. Incredible. Uh, there's just so many.
1: What a season. So many
3: awesome oh. moments. And it's it's. Just a bummer that it's over.
1: Totally. Um,
3: but I'm grateful that we went through it together and and then from a professional standpoint, I'm just beyond uh thrilled with our journey and this community with this podcast that has continued to grow and evolve and could be a dysfunctional family at times, but this year like we I think we all kind of came together and and felt that joy of watching a winning team for the first time in 16 seasons and then see Morgan crush it professionally. Oh, crush it. You
1: come on. Us. This was like year you, two. Was you, this
3: year two for you? On it was TV? Year, two. year two.
1: You got better, man. You got better. Hey, you got, and that's what it's about. You it's got about your it. moments too. And I'm just yeah. like, I know like we both, our ultimate goal is to one day do play by play and color in the NBA. And it's like, it's so fun just professionally when we get these other touches and these moments. And it's just been such a fun Fun season professionally. And thank you guys for always supporting us along the way. And like we always say, just being here with us in this community for this podcast. Like, this is such a, I, just really quick, such a special place because I always tell Deuce, like, how much I want to be an analyst on um all these broadcasts. And, you know, like I'm hosting right now, I'm doing these other things. And this platform gives me a space to, like, really break down the game. And I always feel empowered, not only by you, but by all of you too. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you.
3: Yeah, I miss doing night chats after games. We'll do them for playoff games. Yeah,
1: but don't no, don't don't do that right I'll now. Don't do that right now. Yeah, okay, no, don't do that. No, but what seriously,
3: is? it's this year has been a lot. This year has been a lot. You know, we took a radio job that I think how long did that last? Two months, two and a half months yeah, <laughs> before we, we were like, oh, we can't do this anymore. We got oh. this is too much. <laughs> and to you guys, have, you guys have rolled with us, and you guys have been with us for even super. It's like we're one big family, and then I think back to the live show that we did the night before the playoffs. I forgot about that. That we really never officially got to talk about to the audience because we had a game one of the playoffs. But doing that live show at the Russ Room, oh my sold god, sold out all those people there. It was you did shut up and light the beam live, you guys. Feeling that the joy, it was, it was magic,
1: great. magic. And we we know we'll be doing another live show yeah. um, at some point next season. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll bigger venue too, so yep. everyone can make it. But, um, yeah, just what just incredible. You guys are just my favorites.
3: A couple more. Thank you so much to Wendell donating five bucks. Proud to be part of this Deuce and Mo community slash journey. Expecting to go further next year. Go Kings. Mandy donates 20 bucks. Thank you for bringing us so much joy this season. Night chat was a staple in our home after every game, win or lose. You both are absolutely the best. Already can't wait for next season, dude. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, and, Don't get it twisted. We're going to have plenty of content. Uh, You can get us on Spotify, of course, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, here on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. We're going to have a ton of off-season content. It doesn't
1: stop. If you turn on your notifications, you'll know every single time that we go live, whether it's a breaking news thing or podcast after one of these other NBA games, you know, just to keep you posted.
3: We love you guys so, so, so much, but we got to go.
1: You all have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Sleep beams.
2: Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo.
1: The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around